This is Indie Business Podcast, Episode 60. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Indie Business Podcast. I am your host, mentor and coach, Donna Maria, the founder and CEO at IndieBusinessNetwork.com and the hostess of the Indie Cruise Retreat and the Maker Mastermind Experience. My goal is to help you build a solid business foundation, increase your income, and use your business to create the life you love. In this episode, I'll introduce you to Sierra Zamaripa of Love Wild Design in Brooklyn, New York. Sierra grew up in the East Village in the same neighborhood as her parents' antique shop. She first honed her entrepreneurial instincts by keeping busy by doing things like offering shoeshine services in front of the shop or selling 1980s costume jewelry and milkshakes to passersby. Sierra's grandmother, also an entrepreneur, sold nylons and handmade scarves and eventually became an esthetician. Sierra has joined her ancestors on a fun entrepreneurial journey that runs like a thread through her family tree. And as a mother today, she's passing the torch on to her young baby daughter. You'll learn all about that and more in this episode, which is also filled with Sierra's tips to help you become more successful on your entrepreneurial journey. You can find an outline with resource links and show notes for this episode at IndieBusinessNetwork.com forward slash 60. We'll talk with Sierra in a minute, but first... I am so excited to tell you about Maker Mastermind Live, my two-day live event coming up in Nashville in November. We are so thrilled to have Veracity Insurance Services as a presenting sponsor. Now, Veracity offers product liability insurance for our members, and they do it in an accessible, affordable, and easy, easy way. Our members have insurance through Veracity to cover their products that are sold on their websites on other people's websites, in retail stores around the nation, in retail stores that they own themselves, and at pop-up shops and fairs and maker markets and so much more. You can learn more about Veracity Insurance Services, of course, at our website at Maker Mastermind Live. This event is coming up in November, and I'm so excited to be with emerging entrepreneurs, basically those who are early in their businesses, to help them understand and embrace a nine-step sequence to getting their business off to a solid foundation. We're going to be masterminding together. We're going to have hot seat coaching. We're going to have an optional mastermind dinner. It's just going to be so much fun. I also have a special guest I haven't announced yet, but I'll tell you guys about that later. You can get the details at makermastermindlive.com. So now let's talk with Sierra Zamaripa of Love Wild Design in Brooklyn, New York. Sierra Amarita from Love Wild Design in Brooklyn, New York. Welcome to Indie Business Podcast. Thank you, Donna Maria. So Sierra, tell us where you're joining us from today. Where do we have the pleasure of speaking to you from? Um, right now, I'm in our store and studio in Brooklyn. Oh my goodness. So you have a studio and a store. That's right. The store opened not too long ago. So we're going to ask you about that. But first, Sierra, so excited to have you here. And you have a really interesting entrepreneurial story that goes 
all the way back to uh, shoe shines. Can, can you take us back <laughs> a little bit in your life and tell us how your entrepreneurial journey first began as a child? Yeah, sure. Um, so I grew up in the East Village um, outside of our, uh, my parents' store. And I sort of, just to pass the time, always would come up with different ways of making a few bucks, um, which would be shoe shining or once I found a big bag of like 80s costume jewelry and would sell that to passer buyers. Um, and once I went door to door um, selling milkshakes, just various silly things, but um, it kept me busy. And yeah, I guess it kept the entrepreneur spirit going. Well, tell me a little bit. I'm curious about your parents' store. What what was it? And um, like, were you there every day? Were you helping them run the store? Yeah, pretty much. Um, it was, it, it's antiques. Um, it's no longer around, but um, it was, it was an interesting place to be and to grow up. Um, yeah. Did you, do you feel that some of your entrepreneurial instincts and things were first honed in that store when you were a very small child? Oh yeah, definitely. Cause it was always going on around me. Um, my grandmother was also an entrepreneur. She um, grew up in, in Mexico city and she would go door to door selling nylons. Um, and then came here and was selling scarves, make hand making scarves. Um, and then started an esthetician business. Um, so yeah, I got, her, got that from her as well. So Sierra, a lot, a lot of people, especially, um, you know, makers and handmade entrepreneurs who either have never had a business before and or have never had a business in their families, um, you know, and, and I'm one of those people. I mean, you know, I had my aunt did hair in her living room, which was kind of an entrepreneurial thing to do. But, you know, mm -hmm. she also had other support, like from her husband and stuff. So I, I'd like to know, like, is the fact that you grew up with around women in particular who were just like making stuff and figuring it out as they went along, do you think that that gave you and continues to give you some level of courage and, and fearlessness that other people may uh, have to work a little bit harder at achieving or attaining? Yeah, definitely. I think to a lot of people, the notion of not having like a normal nine to five um, and, you know, sitting at an office every day or, or what have you, is kind of the norm. But for me, I guess we always saw that everyone around us had odd jobs or was working for themselves or had some sort of side hustle you know, even if they did have a normal job. So it was already kind of accepted and just seemed like the inevitable route that I was going to take. Um, and I tried the normal jobs, but they just were never really a fit for me. Um, so it just seemed like, you know, going full circle. And I'm curious too, Sierra, you know, in this day and age, since it's, I think we're seeing a lot more people embrace the lifestyle that you have, um, tell us what you're seeing. Like, do you see, like, look over the last 10 or, you know, 12 or so years of your life, do you see more people embracing this kind of lifestyle, the side hustle, make it and, you know, build it yourself sort of uh, approach to career more so than in, you know, previous decades? I do, but I'm not sure if that's just because now we have social media where we can easily see everyone's side hustle. Um, you know, I can see people I went to high school with you know, they might have a, be a secretary or whatever their job is, and then also start making soap. Um, 
but I think a lot of people have been doing that for a long time, but maybe it's just, there's more of a community of it or we can share it a lot easier now. Oh, so you think it might be a little more underground in, in decades past, so to speak. Yeah, I think so. Interesting. I think so. Everyone's grandmother made something, uh-huh. I feel like, don't you think? Well, you know, I know, I know mine did. You know, it's true that mine did, actually, now that I think about it. She sewed clothes, and she had a vegetable garden, and she would sell the vegetables, and she even mm-hmm. sold flowers from her garden. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, um, but, you know, I, I guess maybe what, what, I, what I'm thinking is that the Industrial Revolution came along, and then you saw a lot less of that. At least I think you see a lot, saw a lot less of it because then that came along and started to be, oh, this is what's going to, you know, I guess, save us from having to do it ourselves, so to speak. Um, But, uh, you know, here we are coming, you know, into, into where the industrial revolution is obviously long over, but the, 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 the leftover aspects of it are really sort of dying out now. Um, and mm-hmm. here we are. So in your business, Love Wild Design, first of all, I have to just ask you, like, where did that name come from? Uh, you know, I really wish I had an exciting story. Um, I first started the company with a friend of mine, and it sort of was, um, we were just doing like handmade um, party favors. And that never really took off. I sort of wanted to go a direction. And she was a lot more timid about starting and I just we kind of realized like we I need to work by myself and you know we just weren't meshing well as business partners and so our company used to be called New York Birds um and then I needed she said like fine I can take over the company and it was before it was even really a real business um but as long as I changed the name and so I was stressed about it for so long and then a friend of mine um, made or suggested to make a little word cloud of just like words that I liked that would convey what I want my company to be um, and sort of our priorities, which is, you know, like handmade and sustainability. Um, and so Love Wild just sort of happened. I don't, I don't, I don't know how to explain it better than that, but um, and then it's actually funny, one of the very first um, greeting cards I designed, excuse me, <coughs> um, the very first greeting card I, d- I designed that had a little cluster of flowers and it said, our love grows like wildflowers. And um, my friend who was the one who suggested the word cloud later saw that and said, oh yeah, look, and it says love wild because the way the design is in the middle, it's love and wild sort of batch up it's hard to articulate without seeing but I didn't even mean to do that and she saw that and it was so it was just sort of meant to be where I happened to be love wild and then that was our first design um so that how that's how it came about now tell me what a word cloud is like like if if we have a listener out there and and I know we do listeners who are (laughs) starting their own business and they don't know what to call it can you tell us how to create a word cloud and, and how that might work for someone else? <laughs> yeah, it's literally, I just took a piece of paper and I sort of jotted down some words in no particular order, in no particular, um, not in like a list, just sort of randomly jotted some words down that I like. Um, and then from there, you can just kind of see what looks good together. I love that. It's like we can overcomplicate so many things. Like I was expecting you were going to say, well, I got this app, you know, I downloaded the (laughs) app and then I picked the color. And uh, so you're like, (laughs) 
people, it can be when it flows from your heart. I guess you don't need all that fancy stuff. So, so tell us, Sierra, like when you and your, um, your first business partner parted ways, like what was that like? I mean, we work and, and talk with a lot of our listeners who are either in business with others or they have a you know, collaborative relationship and then things turn out not to be working out after a while and they have to part ways. Like, can you offer some tips or share from your experience the best way to do that without uh, adversely affecting the relationship? Yeah, I mean, I got pretty lucky. I think I'm just sort of a little stubborn and to begin with. So just working with someone was a little difficult. Working with someone that closely where we're supposed we're both supposed to agree on everything um was difficult. So basically, um I sort of just started going in one direction and she um and I stopped asking for input and maybe I shouldn't have done that, but it kind of made it clear that I wanted to go in one direction and she didn't. So at first it was a little tricky and I sort of said, listen, this is what I want for the company. Um, and I think I should do it myself. And she agreed because she didn't, couldn't put as much into it as, as I could. Um, and but I, again, it was that I had to change the name. Um, and at first, for a little while, it was tricky where she, you know, we're very close friends and she didn't re really want to hear me talking about like, oh, we got our first wholesale account or that sort of thing. Um, but then over time, now she even fills in for us sometimes at markets or at the shop. Um, and she's, you know, just part of it as a friend. Oh, that's um, great. That's so, great. yeah, we got lucky. But, and so yeah. what, when was it that you started Love Wild Design with its current name? Um, in May 2014, we did our first um, mini renegade. So I sort of was had to be prepared by then. That was our first date to have product, to have everything really together. Mini renegade. So did you do the one in Brooklyn? Yeah, it was in, um, it was their first like mini one, you know, renegade mm -hmm. craft fair. And it was their first like little one day pop up thing. So tell us a little bit about your Renegade experience. Like, did you enjoy it? Do you recommend Renegade for certain other types of makers? And if so, what kind? What What can you share there? Um, well, I can be totally transparent. That was our first one. And we did not have a lot of products at that point that um, were, you know, right now we don't have products that are high tickets anyway. Like our, our biggest um, um our most expensive product is like $24 retail. Um, but at that time, our most expensive was like, I think 14 that was on the table. Um, and we didn't have a lot of cards. We were just starting out. So I made, I think $350 and I was like, thought I was killing it. <laughs> now if we make $350 <laughs> at a one day fair, I'm like, oh my God, what am I doing wrong? Um, so it's all relative. Um, yeah. Renegade has been really good for us in the beginning. They posted us on their Instagram, um, and mm. that helped us get followers. Um, but the last couple of experiences has, haven't been that great with Renegade. Um, and the holiday ones are always really, really great for us. Mm -hmm. um, but any other time of year, I don't know if, if they don't put as much into it or just people aren't buying as much. But um, it's an expensive show for, for it to not go <laughs> really well. Yeah. So. Mm. Yeah. Um, at this point, I suggest just doing the holiday ones, but uh -huh. otherwise it's a really good, um, it's really well curated. 
Yeah, if they are. And I love shopping the curated shows. I've been to Renegades in several cities and I, and I do enjoy them. I'm, I'm not one of the people that's not shopping. I probably go. <laughs> I really drop most of my retail therapy at shows like that every year. But um, thank you for sharing that too. And you know, it's, it's, it's such an indication too of like, it depends on where the show is. And it also depends on your business and really just how you approach things because it's different for everyone, right? We, we can all mm-hmm. offer certain tips and and things, but until you actually do it, right, Sierra, you don't really know what it's going to be like yeah. for you in particular. Yeah, definitely. So Love Wild Design. So, you know, I have to say, um, Sierra and her company made the cutest little um, uh, swag bag, shall we say, for our indie cruise attendees um, for this year, actually. when we I forgot to- about that. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. We posted that on Instagram. I remember seeing it. Thank you so much for sharing. So I want to share with everyone, like, what your product line, I was going to say what your product line is, but you have different segments. So tell us a little bit about that and, and what it is that you offer, Sierra. Um, so yeah, we just kind of morphed into whatever we need at the time. So it's sort of, we started with um, custom wedding invitations, like letterpress, um, hand illustrated. And then I realized I did not enjoy working with brides and I didn't enjoy all the back and forth to only sell at once. Um, so then I made a couple different quickie products for um, one of our first markets, which was Renegade, but then also the Hester Street Fair, which was like a local summer market in, on the Lower East Side in the city. Um, and people started to respond to our products. So it just sort of went from there. Um, I made some stationery. Um, that was all letterpress printed and plantable. And then um, we made recipe dice, which are little dice that you roll. They tell you what to make for dinner. And um, I think and I let made, me just like, pause one... on the recipe dice. I have to because they are so adorable. <laughs> I mean, you like literally, you know, a dice usually has, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six dots on it. I just want to explain for people who may not know when you roll these dice instead of the dots, you have like parsley and cilantro and eggplant and lettuce. Like you can go into your refrigerator yeah. and throw something together and don't have to think about it because you have the recipe dice. I love it. And then it's like a smoothie one, a smoothie yeah. one, right? It's so adorable. Okay. I just had Thank to share. That. So, so, so go and, and so many of your products too, are as you said, plantable. So tell me, you know, I know you have other products too, cause I think you have bath and body. So let me let you continue. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so, but our, just to expand on the plantables, um, all of our paper grows wildflowers when you plant it. Um, it's all handmade from recycled paper pulp and then embedded with seeds. And then we letterpress print it. So it just um, naturally um, biodegrades and then the seeds can sprout. Um, so all of our cards uh, grow. But um, what else do we have? Oh, yeah, we have bath products. So I came out with like, I think the first thing was a little bath tea and um, like a little facial clay. Um, and people started to actually respond to our products. So I sort of started to go that direction because that just made more sense. We could, we can make a ton of it, you know, and, and not have to go back and forth with a cut for a custom project. Um, and yeah. And then as like our needs grew, 
we made different things. One of our most popular products is our growing belly towel. Um, because when I was pregnant, I kept obsessively looking at the apps. You know, it shows the gestational size of a baby um, in comparison to fruits and vegetables. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want to, you know, instead of stopping and looking at my phone all the time, I made a little towel. And a little kitchen towel has the different sizes and it's all illustrated. Um, and that I, no one had really done that yet. So that's become one of our biggest products. And then I made, we made tattoos also for a, a pregnant belly to like show the sizes because they have the baby ones, you know, where it's like one month, two months, but we didn't find any little belly tattoos. So we made those. So that's just sort of how we come up with new things. That's um, so cute. Like, do people put the little belly tattoo and like take a picture on Instagram of their belly? Like, yeah, that is so <laughs> idea. And I love the towels too. It's like I was, you know, like my ovaries started tingling when I saw all this <laughs> website because my kids are, you know, way teenagers now. But, um, but so so exciting that you have just evolved in this way. So I have a question about that, Sierra, because, you know. What's the business planning process like for you? Oh gosh, there is no. <laughs> no, <laughs> okay, I shouldn't say that. that. Um, I don't know. I feel very self-conscious when it comes to that. Um, some of my friends that have companies, they go through like rounds of trials and and ages, you know, before launching anything new. And for us, I'm kind of like, oh, I have this one idea, and then I quickly make it, and then I see if anyone likes it, and then I'm like, okay, new product, and you know, I don't know if that's necessarily the right way to go about it, but so far it's worked for us. Well, that um, makes it right. That's how I've heard this <laughs> saying, like, I think it was Damon John who said, somebody said, don't, don't worry so much about making the right decision. Just make the decision right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I love that. I love that. But you know, I think you're small enough. I mean, small businesses can do that. Like tiny businesses can do that. Like we can have an idea on Monday, put it out there on Wednesday, see if it works by Friday. And if not, it's gone by the next Monday or it's on the website. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, totally. Um, we haven't really had to pull anything. The only thing we're starting to rethink is our recipe dice just because they take so long to make mm-hmm. that we're sort of hitting pause until we can efficiently figure out how to make them better um, and faster because at this point it just, it takes such a chunk of time um, that it doesn't really make sense for our wholesale accounts because then their whole orders wait, have to wait on recipe dice. So that's the only thing we're sort of taking a look at. But um, other than that, it seems to have worked out the way we come out with things. And Sierra, you mentioned a minute ago about the customization, like, you know, going back and forth with the brides and so forth. I know you did a custom order for us for the coins and the little bag with the Indy Cruise logo stamped on them. Um, like, hopefully we weren't an awful back and forth customer, <laughs> but um, n- not speaking about us in particular, although, like I said, I hope we were fairly pleasant to work with. I'm curious to know, like, like it sounds great to have things be customized, but what do you need to think about when you're customizing and what have you learned about it that you could share with others? Well, I would say um, the way you and I did it, that's a totally different ball game than when working with the bride and working on something from scratch. Um, we still do plenty of custom. In fact, most of our wholesale stockists carry something custom from us. Um, but that's sort of because we have a template down. So like you ordered the coins, so 
we don't really offer custom shapes. Um, so we have the shape down, we have, we usually just do um, black ink. So we have, we sort of simplified it. So it's just mm. a lot can, you know, it's a lot, <laughs> and it's also a lot um, more affordable because, yeah. you know, we don't have to start from scratch. We sort of already have our process. Yeah. So there's just a small setup fee. Um, <laughs> and we do custom printing of bags and stuff. And again, that's mm -hmm. already all stuff we have in stock. Right. Whereas the, when it was difficult, um, it's because, you know, we're doing a total bridal suite invitation where um, we have to custom illustrate a map for their town, you know, on some destination wedding. And then it's just, you know, all these different layers that come into play. And from that, you have various proofs yeah. for each step. Yeah. And so that's really becomes time consuming. Um, yeah. Yeah. And again, you can only sell that once, whereas we have right. the bags. You only need to, the only customization is say like a small printing plate and that's it. So okay. that's sort of how we made custom work. Um, and we have these pencil pouches and these tote bags we do for a lot of our stockists. And they say, um, you know, uh, California, I love you, or whatever their town or their city is. Um, and those are really popular, but again, those are really easy for us to get out. Uh, I see. So, I love it. Like you like took all my options away so that I would not be <laughs> pain in the rear end. No, but I, I don't mean to say it that way so much as you really just kept it so simple. Like I did, I really, it was easy. Like I didn't have to go look at a bunch of different colors and shapes and sizes. It was like, here's yeah. my logo. Here's the bag. Here's the coins. Here's how many I want. I think we went back and forth one time with um, yeah. with the proof, I guess it was, how it looked. Mm -hmm. And then the next thing I knew, they were in my mailbox. So it was a very efficient process. Thank you for sharing those tips. So you mentioned a bit ago that you have custom orders from your, your wholesale stock. It's like, how does that work? Like if I were to walk into a store and want something customized, they have to take my order and send it to you? How have you made that efficient? No, no. Um, no? So basically we um, have different totes and different pencil pouches in stock in our store and studio mm -hmm. and they just place orders as though it's a normal product that we carry, but it's their, um, it's their town or whatever they want. Oh, right. So I I, one of our most popular is like Nantucket, I love you. Um, so that store, they, they place an order like in the summer only, but about every two or three weeks um so we just send a new batch to them so it's just like they have a normal product in their shop mm -hmm. um it's custom for them it's not custom for the customer if that makes sense it does it does so again the end user doesn't get confused and flabbergasted and um i know for people like me like when i see options i kind of go "Ooh, options and then like takes me forever in a day to figure out what i want so you've just recently opened a retail store sierra tell us about that Yes. Um, so it's sort of been a dream for a while because we used to be in a little warehouse building, a little warehouse artist building um, in a more industrial Brooklyn. And people would, I guess, I think we've even talked about this on your Facebook group, but how, where to put hours or if you're open, if you only have a website. Um, and so we sort of had that same issue because on Google Maps, it showed um, our address because I wanted to be you know verified as a business for our site however people would just sort of show up 
and I didn't feel comfortable letting them in because uh, it looked insane. We have shipping mm-hmm. boxes up to the ceiling, you know, it just looks, it, it's a, you know, it's where we make everything. It looks crazy. Right. So um, sort of, it was a dream in the back of my mind to have a store and studio so people could see what we do. Um, and we sort of were going to at first treat it just as a showroom, but so many of my friends have great companies and there are just so many companies that I admire that I wanted to just buy them and have them alongside our product. So that's how that happened. And we happened to just find an amazing space and a, a landlord. It was sort of like a dream because we had a, a small budget and in New York rent is insane. So we were hoping that someone would just happen to like us and give us something in our budget. And weirdly that happened. Um, our landlord, we gave him our wholesale catalog and we gave him our story and he brought it down to what we could afford. And he's been a dream and our neighbors have been a dream and it's really have been, has been amazing. And we've been meeting all kinds of people and hosting workshops. Um, so yeah, it's been amazing to finally have this space that we've dreamt of for a while. And I, you know, it, you just said two things that made my, my spine tingle. You said that you had been dreaming about it. And then after you opened, fast forward and you said, it's been a dream. And so how, <laughs> how wonderful is it that, you know, I think there's a lot of truth to this. I'd love to have your thoughts on that. And we're reading, one of the books we're reading right now in the Indie Business Book Club is The Success Principles. And one of the, a couple of the principles sort of flow one behind the other. And the first thing is like, identify what you want, focus on it. And then it's, I don't know if magic is the right word, but it finds its way to you. Can you, can you comment on, on that sort of approach and, and whether you put that to work in your business? It's, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. it's funny. Um, my mother who works uh, with me full time, she very much believes in that. And, and when we came to look at the space, I was a little bit, I was pessimistic. I'm like, it's too much money and they're never going to come down. Someone else is going to get it. Um, And she was like, no, it's going to happen. I feel it. I know it's going to happen. And she sort of was just like, yes, dreaming about it. And she, Mm -hmm. I don't know. She thinks she's telepathic. Her name's Thea. And we say telepathia. (laughs) Um, And I don't know. She's sort of, I feel like she willed it into happening and kept pushing me to call the broker because there was someone that could afford it the normal price. And I, we thought I was sure they were going to get it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I guess we just kept bugging the broker and sending him info about us. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it just sort of, it, it fell into place. Well, and let's talk about that. You, you said that you kept telling them information and you basically shared your story every opportunity you got tell us how you think that impacts your business on a daily basis and also how it seems to maybe have impacted your ability to get this landlord to fall in love with you like your story how how much does that matter to you in your business oh for me greatly I mean because we couldn't afford a lot so we had to sort of rely on that and I felt at first like that was sort of a naive thing, a naive dream, like, oh, someone will just love us and give it to us. But um, my landlord, we got lucky, is actually is sort of more like a hobby landlord, because um, you hear all these stories of New York landlords, like they're, they're terrible. Um, but he's a, he's a 
family business and his wife heard about us and was like, you have to give them a chance. Um, so it really just was like the, the stars okay. were aligned yes. and it's that sort of thing. I feel like, um, people sometimes do it when buying a house, like yeah. they send a letter to the, um, sellers saying like, Oh, we're going to have our family here and this and that. So. I love it. Yeah. I love it. so so many nuggets in there. First of all, you never know hobby landlord. I, that's like a new term. Like that should be in the urban dictionary. What's a hobby? <laughs> landlord? Um, so maybe that's a good tip for everyone looking for retail space. See if you can find yourself a hobby landlord because um, you know they're they're you know maybe not traditional in some senses as landlords are, but also Sierra that it was his spouse that really got his ear about you. It's like, again, mm -hmm. the story, like she probably read or saw the marketing materials or whatever you sent and heard about what it was you were trying to do. And it's like, you know, this is a great story. Like we have to be a part of it. And, and that's so yeah. exciting um, to hear. So you mentioned you work with your mom and, you know, that must be yes. interesting, but also I wanted to ask you too, because when I see some of your Instagram feed, when you're doing a show, you often have your baby with you. So you like got your mom and your baby. It's like a seriously generational thing here. And it sounds like <laughs> that way. But tell us what it's like. I mean, your child is very young. Tell us what it is like. And what are your best tips for other moms of young children? So, I mean, you're managing a store, you're managing a team of people that are helping you make things. You go to mm -hmm. shows with your baby in a sling. Um, and your mom is, you know, back at the shop. So I, I, I want to hear, like, how do you juggle all this and integrate it so that it works successfully for you? Oh, my goodness. Well, sometimes it doesn't, and we're late on orders, <laughs> to be totally honest. But if you'll notice, last last time when we had an interview and there was the video, Cece, Cecilia, my daughter, was all over me. Today, she is at nursery school, and it's actually the first month she started, two days a week that I get a lot more done than normal. Mm -hmm. um, but just general day-to-day -day juggling, um, I would say that just constant improv improvisation is, uh, is what gets us through the day. Like when we, um, she was, I think, six months old when we did our first traveling trade show to Vegas. Um, and yeah, that was just constant. We, you know, we had no, we had never been to Vegas. We had, it was in the summer. So the heat, it's not like we could run and sit in the car with her or something like that. So she took naps in suitcases. She was just, it was, it was a little crazy, but we made it work. Um, and and let yeah, me just tell you, I remember those pictures and I remember looking at them. <laughs> that woman looks so relaxed. And I, you know, I have a mom and I, now my children were very young when I had my um, start in business as well. And I remember pretending to be relaxed. <laughs> Just, you know, like, and then I was so totally paddling, but it, it's so inspiring to see that. And I love that you are continuing your family tradition. Now your baby's great grandmother you know, who made scarves and, you know, planted things and sold mm -hmm. them is sort of in your blood now. Yeah, yeah, no, it's definitely cool to, and, and we have a lot of photos of um, 
me as a baby in the shop and then her as a baby in the shop and he puts them side by side and it's, oh my it's a little crazy. It's crazy. Oh my but, God. Um, You're a poor landlord's also- wife, man. I'm telling you that <laughs> I would have, I would have been bowled over, but give them the space for <laughs> Um, yeah, no, it's great. But I also, it's, it's her, like my daughter is pretty easy and adaptable mm-hmm. and it's like a baby. It's just cause it's all she knows since mm-hmm. we've had her in the shop since she was a few weeks old. Right. Um, wow. but it just somehow works. And now our customers come in and she, she'll serve them, um, like little fake coffee and tea oh, and our t- temporary tattoos for business cards. So she, she seems to like it. Um, oh and our customers think it's funny. So that's great. I bet she charms the pants off of them as well. Yeah. I'm sure she does. She does on Instagram anyway, me. So, so <laughs> you have like, you have retail out of your store, retail on your website, and you sell wholesale, mm-hmm. and you do the occasional show, like retail show and trade show. So that's like five ways that you sell your products. Like, what's the split? Is it like a fifth of everything is one of those things? Or is it more or less one or the other? How does that work? I would say um, it's not necessarily I moment, but we're about, I would say, like 85% wholesale. Mm-hmm. Um, just from the start, wholesale has been a huge part of us. Um, it's how we sustain the business. Um, mm-hmm. It's been great. Our, our online site, it had a makeover last November. Um, through since then, it, we've noticed a big uptick. But I'm still working on traffic. Our conversion rate of the amount of people visiting the site and purchasing versus um, how it used to be has gone way up. But we're still working on just general traffic and getting our name out there. So that's why we still wholesale is our number one. That's so nice that you have the different income streams that you can rely on um, and not having just one. And, and I, I have to say, I think when the website launched was when I went there and made my purchase. I think it was shortly, <laughs> shortly after that. So Sierra, what do you see on the horizon for makers and handmade entrepreneurs? I mean, you've, you've obviously um, managed to successfully combine planning with improvising, which I think is probably one of the um, hallmarks of, of successful in any kind of business, actually, but particularly, I think when you're small to be able to do that and not plan out so far that you become analysis paralysis, but also not be so knee jerk that everything is just like, Oh my gosh, you know, bright, shiny, I have to go make it now. Um, So Sierra, wow, it seems like you are like the perfect combination of someone who plans just enough to not get stuck in analysis paralysis (laughs) But then also, you know, you're flexible enough to like, you know, launch something new without being like knee jerk and, you know, bright, shiny syndrome reaction. Like, how, how do you integrate those two things together to be successful in your business? Um, well, I don't feel like I do. I don't see myself <laughs> as that at all, actually, <laughs> to be honest. Um, I, we're not very good at planning here. And I don't know. I sort of do things until the last minute, but Mm -hmm. we're getting a little bit better. We're starting to just, you know, stock up a little more, but Mm -hmm. I feel like we can never truly do that enough because Mm -hmm. we are still super handmade. Mm -hmm. I don't know that that really answers your question, but it kind of does. I mean, do you plan to stay super handmade or is that something you eventually feel like you grow out of you do? Is that part of your story? In other words? 
No, I mean, we definitely started to, um, to delegate a little more, outsource a tiny bit. Um, we launched these organic cotton washcloths for babies. Mm-hmm. And I used to be up until like three in the morning sewing them at home because I had a sewing machine at home. And this last couple months, we now have a guy in Coney Island in Brooklyn sew them for me. So that has oh, been great. like a huge relief. But they're, they're still, still handmade. handmade. Right? Someone's yeah, still definitely. Awesome. And still made in Brooklyn, but Ooh. I am less exhausted. So like yes, little well, things like that are helping us stay handmade, but yeah. um, accommodate more. Oh, that's awesome too, because you also are obviously giving work to someone else in your community. So that's, that's like yeah. a total win-win all the way around. So Sierra, what do you see on the horizon for makers and handmade entrepreneurs like yourself? Do you, I mean, I, you know, it's, it's 2017, we're going into 2018. What do you see and what are your recommendations for others who want to take advantage of, of you know, what opportunities you do see? Um, yeah, I'm noticing a lot of the larger retailers um, accom- be really accommodating of, the, of smaller companies. Um, we work regularly with, home, with um, Uncommon Goods, which is known for working with small handmade businesses. They're really great. Um, and then also much bigger companies like Home Goods and TJ Maxx we worked with, and they're super accommodating. And they don't, it doesn't always feel like you're working with this, you know, mega giant because they are so willing to um, work on you with quantities and timelines and that and sort of thing. So that's why, been why great do you to think see. That is like you've obviously noticed some sort of a shift, and, and why do you think that is? Um, I think because they're taking note of smarter consumers, um, consumers that are looking for uh, handmade in the USA or just more local. So we were a part, Home Goods is launching um, local sections within their shops. So they want, custom, we've di- we did some customized items for them for Brooklyn and for New York. And um, they're starting to launch them all over, like in San Francisco. Yeah. That's great. That's great. So as we wind down here, Sierra, you've offered so many tips and insights into like the brain of someone who is like (laughs) building a business from scratch. What's your best tip? or one of your best tips that you can share with our listeners who are, you know, they have a dream like you did and they, and they're not sure what to do next. Like, what's your best advice for them to get started on the right foot? Oh gosh. I feel like that's a lot of pressure. I don't know. I'm sorry. Um, because, you know, for me, we, I just sort of, um, I made it work while I was working, um, which I know a lot of the indie business people still are working other jobs while doing their, mm-hmm. their, you know, passion project, what, or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I sort of did that. And I think it's just a lot of compromise and getting by until you can like do more than just get by on your business. Um, but to just keep going and not give up. And, you know, we still, I still get a bit down recently. We went through like a cash flow crisis with the move to a retail shop. Mm-hmm. And at first I was like, Oh my goodness, you know, are we going to have to close? What is going on? And then sort of like my, my mother sort of just reminded me, it's the summer and this happens every year and this especially happens because of our move. And, you know, it doesn't mean that you're failing as a business 
or, you know, just as an entrepreneur, but there are definitely up and downs. And mm-hmm. it's true because I should have just looked at my books like at that same time last year. Yeah. And normally we have a cushion, but this year we didn't because of all these expenses. Mm-hmm. So I would just say, look at the full picture than like your bank account that day. <laughs> oh, yeah. what great advice. And also, my goodness, we all need your mother in our pockets. <laughs> She's like, but that's, you know, that is the best advice. I can't believe you said you didn't know what to say because you have so much great advice to share. That is, that is such a wonderful thing to share with everyone that, you know, we all have down days. And it really does look like you're never going to get another sale sometimes. <laughs> I, know, I know that. Yeah. Because everyone hate me all of a sudden. Um, and then you kind of zoom out and look at the bigger picture. So thank you for sharing that tip. So we are, you know, coming into the holidays and, you know, there's always sales seasons in, in business. Tell us where we go to purchase your products and what do you have waiting for us um, when the holidays do start, Sierra? <laughs> Um, where to go? Well, um, our site, lovewilddesign.com, but also we just added a ton of new, um, retailers and we have a little retailer page. Mm-hmm. So you can find us probably near you, um, awesome. or somewhat close. And, um, we sort of, we're really good at stocking stuffers. So we have lots of little temporary tattoos or we have a coal soap that's um, you know, like coal for your stocking. Right, right. And um, yeah, we just have a lot of good little things. So it's all on our site. Wonderful. And then can we come to your store in Brooklyn as well? What's the address and what are the hours? Yes, definitely. Um, it is at 348 South 4th Street. It's in Williamsburg, South Williamsburg, just over the bridge. Um, and we're, uh, we say our hours are Wednesday through Saturday, um, 11 to 5, but really we are here all day, every day. Um, we just didn't know how to do it, you know, how to first advertise our hours as a make, a make shop, if that makes sense. It does make sense. And you know what? I know we've got some listeners out there. You're walking down the street in Brooklyn. You know what to do. <laughs> you know what to do. Go check out Sierra over at Love Wild Design. Sierra, thank you so much for sharing with us today. We're so excited for you and your growth, and we look forward to seeing what happens uh, in years to come. Thank you, Donna Maria. Thank you. And Indie Business has been a great resource when I don't know who to ask. I ask you guys, and I always oh, get some kind of answer. I swear I did not tell her to say that. But <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you, Sierra. It's always a pleasure to serve you, and, and we're excited to have you on our show today. So, We'll see you uh, in the Indie Business Network group, and we look forward to talking with you again. All righty. Thank you. Thank you. Bye now. Bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed my interview with Sierra Zamaripa of Love Wild Design in Brooklyn, New York. Let's unpack some of the tips and experiences she shared with us in this podcast. Number one, share your story. Sierra shared that the reason, or at least some of the reason, that she was able to land affordable retail space in Brooklyn is because her landlord and his wife loved the story of her business. They loved that she is a woman working hard to build something wonderful. Who wouldn't want to work with someone like that? The lesson here is not to sell yourself short. Everyone has a story. Use your personal dreams and your story to go for what you want. Number two, Zoom out and see the big picture. Sierra cautioned against evaluating your business with a micro view without remembering to zoom out and see the big picture. 
This is especially important on slow sales days and maybe slow sales weeks, right? When you can start to feel down because you're not looking at one slow day in the context of hundreds of days when you meet your sales goals. And number three, the future is bright. Sierra says that the future is so bright for makers and handmade entrepreneurs in part because so many retail stores are looking to do business with makers. They're buying customers are wanting handmade. They're wanting artisan and personally made products. And they are concerned to know about how and where their products have been made and by whom. Even large retailers, Sierra says, are willing to relax their minimums and other requirements so they can carry handmade goods in their stores. Well, if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to check it out and send it to other people who might enjoy it as well. Help us spread the word. This podcast is all about you and the indie business revolution because you are breaking the mold of traditional entrepreneurship and creating success on your own terms. I'm so excited to be on this journey with you. You can catch every episode of the Indie Business Podcast via iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast streaming app. And of course, you can always find each episode and the entire audio at IndieBusinessNetwork.com forward slash podcast archive. And if you're listening on iTunes, won't you do me the favor of rating this podcast? I'd love to know what you think, just really honestly. There's lots of podcasts out there, and we want to know what you think about how we stack up. You can even tell us what you'd like to see if you'd like to see some new and different things. It helps me so much to know that you appreciate the amazing people and stories featured on the Indie Business Podcast. You can also share episodes from my blog at IndieBusinessNetwork.com to your favorite social media outlets. We really appreciate that. I'll see you on the next episode of the Indie Business Podcast. In the meantime, break all the rules, build your own corporate ladder, and create the life you love.